welcome. You've turned into Rockstar Millennial Spotlight, featuring Katherine Spitznagel, professional coach, speaker, and author of the book, Rockstar Millennials, Developing the Next Generation of Leaders. On this show, we'll feature millennials who represent this high-energy, creative, and entrepreneurial generation, and spotlight Rockstar Millennials who are living their purpose, helping others, and making a difference right where they are. Please join me in welcoming our host, Katherine Spitznagel. Hi, this is Katherine Spitznagel, your host for Rockstar Millennial Podcast. And today we are going to introduce you to someone that I've been waiting for you to meet, Miss Molly Richeson. Hi, Molly, and welcome. Hi, thank you for having me. Absolutely. And I'm going to already say, give us in layman's terms, uh, tell us about who you are and, and what you do. I wear a lot of hats, but most of my time is spent as the genetics lab manager at Agrilant Genetics, uh, where I specialize in some really big words uh, <laughs> that is uh, based around testing the genetics of corn seed before it goes out to the field. So we do starch to electrophoresis, um, which is a protein test for purity, polymerase chain reactions, uh, which test for GMO percentage and high-performance liquid chromatography to check the seed treatment on the outside of the kernel. So if you um, haven't, I'm also a reg- Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, if you haven't figured it out already, Molly's roll a roll of smart. <laughs> and so as I was meeting with her and talking, and I had to keep Googling, and I was like, okay, tr- translate, Molly. T- what, in, in like layman's terms, what would that be? Yeah. So go ahead. Yeah. I interrupted you. What, what else were you going to tell oh, us no, that you're, we do? You're fine. Um, I'm also a registered genetic technologist with the Society of Commercial Seed Technologists. Uh, I sit as chair of their RGT Board of Examiners co-chair of the Genetic Technology Committee and director at large with a board of directors. And then in addition, I'm a part-time writer for the Weekly Post here in the small towns around Peoria and a new member of Women in Leadership of Central Illinois. Uh, Yes, (laughs) but uh, my most important role by far is I'm mom to two little boys, ages 8 and 11, named Tucker and Eli. Yep, Tucker and Eli. And and you're a single mom. So you're doing all this as a single mom. And yeah. Uh, yeah, we met at Women in Leadership, and I was blown away uh, as I'm hearing all these things that, that you're doing, um, and that you're, you're really smart in your right brain and left brain, because you're a scientist and a writer. And uh, I am very smart at very specific things, and very not <laughs> smart on several other uh, things. <laughs> okay, all right, so you can give yourself some grace there, huh? Well, that... Well, I was very impressed and am and, and still impressed with, yeah, the work that you, you do on all of these different fronts and that how you continually challenge yourself and want to learn something different. And um, um, so anyway, great. And thank you for being with us today because I know you've got a very busy schedule. There's a whole lot that you, you don't waste a minute. You just go, go, go. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. But I'm honored. This has been very cool. Oh, fun. Well, tell us, how did you get started um, in this? We've, you've, you've said you had a very humble um, upbringing, and you, you yes. knew that your mind, your mom told you that, your mind was your way out 
So tell us yes, a little bit my about. My mom always told me that. Yeah, and, and she's your hero, and I love that too. So, Absolutely, she's my hero. Yeah. How'd you well, get started? I grew, I grew up in a small town, um, and yes, we were uh, poor by most standards. Uh, when I say poor, I mean I didn't have a toilet until I was sixteen years old. Um, we greatly depended on our garden and what we could store from it over the winter. Mm-hmm. Um, I was always a good student and my mother had always stressed that my education was my way out as you said so I graduated valedictorian from Elmwood High School and then later from Bradley University with a bachelor's in chemistry Uh, I worked up to three jobs at once while I was in high school mostly waitressing at the time Mm -hmm. joined literally everything that wasn't sports in order to flush out my college application Um, and that got me scholarships at Bradley, I set a record for the most research hours in chemical education at the time. I uh, worked up to five jobs at once. Um, and college. I was published four times in college yeah. while a full-time student. Yeah. Yep. And I was published four times in scientific journals while I was there. Again, uh, as a so student. One, yeah. As a student, <laughs> yeah. Um, one of those jobs that I had was an internship, internship at the USDA um, Agricultural Research Service um, in uh, Peoria. Mm-hmm. So th- that made my resume look impressive to someone coming right out of university. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, uh, when I graduated, I couldn't afford not to work. So I relied on a job as a server at Steak and Shake for a while. <laughs> um, Good on the you. recession hit. Yeah. <laughs> the recession hit in 2008 and um, I was uh, in turn, so we were one of the first ones uh, that the ag lab yeah. got rid of. Yeah. So, but, and a lot of people don't uh, realize that's in Peoria. That that. Yeah. 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 And what it's, an incredible yeah, the experience! National Center. Yeah, the National Center is in Peoria, and for you, yep, it's as very very cool as a scientist and a research scientist. Yeah, that was a great mm-hmm. internship, even if it didn't. It was last. wonderful. Yeah. 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 It was wonderful. Um, so, and then while I was at Steak and Shake, uh, feeling kind of dejected <laughs> about yeah. the whole situation. <laughs> about the whole um, thing. Yeah. You know, With your degree. Uh, I, yes. Yeah. Yep. And I just, I'd been published four times and now I was asking what kind of, if you wanted your soda refilled. <laughs> and yeah. it just, it was, you know, that it was what I needed at the time. So. Yeah. Uh, I was flipping through one of the small town newspapers, kind of like the one that I'm involved with now. Yes. And I saw an ad for some seasonal work at this lab that I'd never heard of. Um, So I applied and showed up for the interview and I got a seasonal entry level position in the genetics lab. Yeah. Uh, And then while I was a seasonal employee, I started organizing data files. Um, and making them easier to work with. And then one day I heard my supervisor speaking with his supervisor about some chemical testing they were wanting to start, uh, but they needed someone that was familiar with high-performance liquid photography or HPLC. And uh, that was my focus my senior year of college, HPLC. So I took a chance. I introduced myself as a trained chemist with lots of experience with HPLC, and so then they had me building their new food treatment testing program. Um, I designed the methods. I chose and assembled the equipment, both the budget analyses, 
to show the money they'd saved by implementing the new program. And uh, then I quit and I didn't show anybody else how to do what I'd done. <laughs> Which I thought was brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I took a job that I hated at a chemical plant, um, but it made more money and I had benefits. Yeah. And three months later, Agriliant called me and offered me a management position. So I gratefully took that. Um, and I've been here ever since. It's been 13 years now. So um, they gave me not only encouragement, but study materials and time to sit and learn about genetics in my office for about two years. Mm-hmm. And then I took my exams to become a registered genetic technologist with SDST. And that same year, I was added to the board of examiners to help just grade exams and approve applications. And then a couple years later, I was the chair of the board of examiners as well as the co-chair of genetic technology. And this past year, I was voted in as a director at large. Yeah. So just so much in a, in a, a short time, really. And yeah. to think that that was it, it your... It seems like a short time. <laughs> it, well, it, it was. And to think that was your first job really out of school, your first professional mm-hmm. role. And um, yep. they had to just be so bowled over by you that first year to say, here, let me just build this for you and and do all the things, which you did so well. And I'm grateful that you're still there. Yeah. I know they are too. I love it here. They've been great to me. So tell me, how do you, how do you blend all that? Molly, plus your little part-time gig as a writer and, um, Mm -hmm. and being a mom and a single mom, how does, how does all that work? Time management. management. (laughs) All day long, it's time management. So I spend a lot of time on my work, of course, um, Mm -hmm. because there's a lot to do. (laughs) Um, But my favorite role, um, and the most important, of course, like I said before, is as a mom to my two boys. Um, So I don't want them to want for anything just because I'm a single mom. And uh, so I spend a good deal of time planning ahead. Mm -hmm. Uh, to make sure that they have everything that they need. I I budget, of course, I meal plan, so I actually cook for them almost every single night. Mm -hmm. Um, I plan household chores out to make sure the house is spotless. Uh, I read to them every night, help with homework, volunteer for classroom activities, chaperone field trips. Um, But with some forethought, you can balance familial and professional roles together. It's, it's a little difficult, but if you think about it a little bit ahead of time, you can do it. So one of my favorite things I actually do with my boys is I do special days. I take the day off work one day a summer for each of them. They get to tell me what we're doing and where we're going for a full work day while their brother <laughs> tags along and gets to experience everything too. Yeah. And sometimes I might take them on work trips. And then every day, this is like, this is so important. Every single day without fail, I spend some time doing something that I just want to do. And that prevents burnout. Yeah. Um, so usually I read or I cross stitch at the moment. Um, mm-hmm. I just like to learn. So I also <clears throat> I'd like to say that um, a big part of handling all of the mental load of this is I go to therapy regularly to yes. make sure my mental health is solid because not only do my boys need me, but a lot of people need me and I'm not of any use to anyone at all if I break. Yes. And I love that. And that you're focused on that. Um, Yes. And so, and and thank you. Thank you for sharing that because a lot of people uh, don't, or they don't see the need and, and you do, and you know that a lot of people rely on you. And I think that's, that's great too. 
too. I always tell my children that your mental health isn't your fault, but it is always your responsibility. Yes. And I love that. And you take responsibility for that and say that's an important yes, part of, of who I am. And, and you also are a self-proclaimed nerd, which I love too. You say, I, I'm a nerd. I'll just, I'll just say that. And, yep. and one of the other things that um, you and I talked about is that you found people who are happy to be around you. And, and I love yes. that too, because sometimes we are in a search for that and, and you're not. You're like, nope, no. I'm a nerd. That's who I am. And I like to be mm-hmm. around other people who value that. And they do. And that's all good. Exactly. <laughs> so tell us about living your purpose. How do you feel you're, you're living your purpose and where are you making a difference? So I, um, I live authentically. Um, you do. So as, as you mentioned, mm-hmm. it, it's harder than it seems sometimes. And it took me a long time to understand that I need to be myself exactly as I am. Yeah. Um, with all of my complicated interests and thoughts and emotions and, and that, that helps me feel satisfied with my life. Mm-hmm. Um, loving myself wasn't easy. It was difficult. I'm very critical of myself. Um, therapy helps with that. Uh, mm-hmm. It did take a while to figure out what was me and what was the facade that I put on for acceptance. Mm-hmm. Um, the That's payoff honest. was phenomenal. Yep. So, yeah. but as you said, I am a nerd through and through. So I didn't see the reason. I didn't see a point in pretending that I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> um, it, it makes me happy, and he doesn't like to be happy. Yeah. So, and I don't understand why we should be unhappy so that someone else will be more accepting of us. Um, another thing I tell my boys is, you'll never find your pack if you don't howl. Oh, and- <laughs> I love that. You'll never find your pack if you don't howl. <laughs> yeah. That's wonderful. And so since, since I began expressing myself authentically, I found people that are pleased to be around me as I am. Mm-hmm. Um, and my, my passions are, I am a, are science and books, really. I've always wanted to be a scientist and a writer and a mother ever since I was little. And after I came to terms with who I am as a person, I, I was able to be all three. And uh, I couldn't be more pleased with that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you're making a difference every day with those little boys and, and teaching I them so. yeah, to be authentic. Yeah. So what is next for you? What could possibly be next, Molly? <laughs> So, uh, as I said, I just got this part-time position at the Weekly Post. Um, I want an actual editor looking at my non-technical writing. Mm -hmm. Um, I've gotten really good at writing up committee reports and science articles, but I very much like to write a book or two or three one day. So, I've always dreamed about it. So, that's my newest project slash goal slash dream. Um, to improve my writing enough to feel confident attempting to publish a book one day. Um, looking around at other areas of my life, I can easily spot several goals. I, I plan a lot. Um, I want to live debt-free, so I'm actively working on that. I want to have a real savings account that actually has rainy day money in it. Yeah. Um, I want to travel and take my boys to see the world. I want to save up money so they can go to college and learn whatever or trade or subject that makes their little hearts happy, mm-hmm. um, just like mom found. Yeah, um, I do intend to have a leadership position in Women in Leadership in Central Illinois one day. Yes. Uh, I want to be the president of the SDSP for a term. Um, 
and I intend to manage not just my lab, but this entire building in AgriLiance one day. Um, I'd like to maybe go to school and get my master's or become Dr. Molly one day. Mm-hmm. But I can the see goal that. that I'm working towards, oh yeah, <laughs> the goal, my ultimate dream, if I could plan anything, I, is to actually retire one day own my own little bookstore where I sell pastries and have nerd nights and don't actually make any profit whatsoever and be the strange little woman who makes you smile and recommends books that she thinks she'll like when you walk in. <laughs> <laughs> I could see that happening too. But you got a lot you got a lot of things to do between now and then. Oh yeah. Yep. Big plan. Yep. And, you know, the other thing we talked about um, when we talked about your boys and just and raising good humans and you're, you're well on the way uh, there. You also talked about um, sponsoring children around the world. Yes. And you sponsor seven right now, which that's yes. a lot, Molly. Yeah. Yep. But that's, I've had them since they were two years old each. Yeah. Um, yep. I, I provide for general needs and education. I write them letters and send them support. I send them birthday presents and throw them parties from over here, but they get cake and presents and balloons where they're at. <laughs> I would get pictures. I can see it all. Yeah. So that's, I, I really like that. Um, we also, I also invest in uh, third world small businesses mm-hmm. um, to help give them a boost to get started. To get started. So, that's the entrepreneur in you. I'm pretty proud of that. Yes. I'm very, yes. yes. You should be proud of <laughs> all of that. Thank yes. you so much. So what encouragement do you have, Molly, for other millennials? So I regularly see millennials, not on this podcast, of course, but I regularly (laughs) see millennials referred to as lazy. And I don't think that's true at all. And I I think that a lot of millennials need to hear that. Right. Um, Agreed. I don't know. Yes. I don't know who these people are talking about, but I don't think I've ever seen a millennial in my life that was not one of the hardest working people that I know. Um, I do know that the that common expression has jaded quite a few of us, though. Uh, we have so much to offer the world, and we should yeah. offer it. Uh, we should offer our experiences, struggles, our joys and our fears, our victories and defeats. We should offer our knowledge and help and compassion to those around us uh, freely, yet responsibly. Mm-hmm. We can grow together as a generation if we aren't afraid to live authentically and to share our real thoughts and values with each other and the world, because we're all struggling and we're far from alone out there. Right. The real magic comes in when we can lean on each other for a while temporarily so we can get back on our feet. Uh, I'd say take responsibility for yourself, Mm -hmm. uh, for, for any harm whatsoever that you do to your own psyche and to those around you and become better even to yourself. Um, especially to yourself, especially, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. And we can literally, we can do anything. And I know that if I can fulfill my dreams as wild and crazy and scattered as they are, <laughs> you can totally fulfill yours too. Because I'm really not that special. <laughs> well, I'm going to take exception there. I think you are that special. I think uh, you're <laughs> very bright and very talented, um, and yet compassionate. You're compassionate with others and encouraging and, um, and, and transparent. You are who you are. And, and I love that. And I think that is, um, something endearing about you that you just go, this is me. This is Molly. I'm be the same every time, every time you see me, 
just like this. Yep. <laughs> and here are the things <laughs> that I want to do and I'm going after them and you just keep ticking them off. So I'm just going to, I'm going to get out of your way. That's what I'm going to do. <laughs> I'll, be, I'll be the one here cheering you on. So fine. You can come along for the ride if you like. <laughs> All right. I'll, I'll do that. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you for joining us today, uh, Molly. I know your schedule is planned like to the minute and it's probably time yeah. to get boys and homework and uh, get your meal prepped and, um, you know, on and on for your evening. So thank you. Thank you for taking the time uh, to be with us and to share, um, share who you are because you are an inspiration. Thank you so much, Catherine. It, I mean, this meant so much to me. It was an honor. Thank you. Oh, so glad to have you. And thanks to our listeners. Thanks for joining us. Don't miss a podcast. You can find us on rockstarmillennials.com. Also on Apple Podcast and iTunes. And until next time, talk soon. To share your thoughts about this episode, subscribe to future podcasts, submit a discussion topic, or shine a light on a rock star millennial in your world. Contact Catherine Spitznagel at rockstarmillennials.com and click on Contact Us.